What's up, Jay Browns? Live from Toronto, Ontario, and Kansas City, Missouri, this is the Torture Act Podcast. I am your host, Mark Mask. My co-host is John F. Malta, and we are very happy to be here with you, our friends in wrestling. John, say something. Let the people know you're alive, pal. WrestleMania has passed, and a new year has begun. We've watched pretty good range of wrestling over these last three weeks. We have been getting a good sampling of AEW, GCW, and JPW, and courtesy of our friend Thomas, a little bit of old school AJW, All Japan Women's Wrestling. So yeah, we've been uh, we've been kind of killing it. Yeah, it's been nice to have like such a sampling of different things. Uh, but personally, I've been been working on like this huge illustration project. So a lot of it, there's been some huge like standout matches that I feel like I'm going to rewatch probably for the rest of my life now. But then some <laughs> stuff also has like, uh, I feel like almost like blended together in some ways. Like WrestleMania feels like it was like two months ago, but interesting. It was not, it was only like, it wasn't that long ago. I, I honestly can't remember. It's almost time for WrestleMania's backlash. This is what they're calling backlash now. Did you know that? What do you they're mean? They're called the- <laughs> <laughs> backlash is now called <laughs> WWE WrestleMania's Backlash. Oh, because it's like the backlash of WrestleMania? Yes, because we could not surmise like, that. Couldn't make the connection. We could not <laughs> surmise that ourselves. We have to name it and also get rid of the last name of that person. Let's put more names on pay-per-views and less names on people. He's Riddle now. <laughs> and this is WrestleMania's oh my gosh, dude, Backlash. That's so funny. Yeah, like the longest pay-per-view <laughs> names and the shortest performers everyone is a one syllable uh one name performer but then like it's like a 16 word pay-per-view title that's really funny i had not heard that no i yeah i was just thinking like as we were starting that i since w since wrestlemania i haven't i mean i've I've watched like some gifts and stuff but i haven't watched too much wwe uh, i as far as i know there is nothing really that much having being worth watching however and I'm sad we didn't do this before this episode, but we should watch Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. Oh, um, yeah. Could be Daniel Bryan's last match, but nevertheless, it apparently went almost 30 minutes and was just like a great match. Do you think he's um, leaving? Uh, probably not. Um, should we bet a St. Hubert's meal on it? Swiss Chalet? <laughs> Who knows what I'm going to be allowed back in you Toronto. You think he is? I think, um, I think that he is going to probably make some, some kind of deal where he can fight and a couple other promotions mm. not probably not AEW, but like probably you know ring of honor mlw um maybe new japan i don't know but still be kind of like a wwe guy kind of like an evolved version of like not evolved but a different version of like what chris jericho wanted to do like i think if wwe had kind of let him do that he might have stayed with them um just that's actually not other a, places not a bad idea uh because it's like Daniel Bryan, he was apparently he was really nonplussed with his WrestleMania match, which right. I thought was really good. But it wasn't even the quality of the match; it's just as he was walking out, like he just didn't feel it. It felt wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, he thought that it should have just been Edge and Roman Reigns. He thought that was a fine enough main event. I think uh, it was a little bit empty without them, and like putting him kind of made it into more of a classic triple threat mania match totally. in line with like you know Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Chris Benoit, or Daniel Bryan. Batista, Randy Orton, but um, yeah, he just yeah he he felt like he was disconnected, 
and I, apparently he sat down with somebody. I can't remember who it was with Sean Rossap, but he was in, he was in a interview with somebody and they asked him what he, what he would like to do. And you know what Daniel Bryan said? He said he would like to wrestle the perfect match. Mm. And it's amazing to me that a guy with so many great matches under his belt would think like that. Although he still doesn't have a five star from Dave Meltzer. Maybe that's what he's, maybe that's what he's trying to crack, but it's amazing to me. Yeah. That a guy who's had such a storied career, so many great matches, that's what he wants to do. He still thinks he wants to have a perfect match and he probably knows he can't do that in WWE. And maybe that Roman Reigns match was kind of as close as he can get right now. That match with Kenta that he had in ring of honor. Wasn't five stars. I think it was four point seven five. I've heard that fact too that you that he hasn't had a five star match. It just seems um, like that match specifically is one. It's just like I guess Meltzer though at that time probably wasn't throwing around five stars the way he was. I could see Daniel Bryan being so like. I feel like I've read a few different things of people suggesting a similar thing where Daniel Bryan would stay in WWE. And then in like a in, in a John Cena like role where right. he'd be an ambassador or he could do the fucking reality shows or whatever he would go around wrestle and then he would be back for like WrestleMania or yeah. something like that or SummerSlam be on TV sometimes when they need to pop a rating. It seems like they AEW almost as it put them in a position to where that would be like smart from like a business perspective. You, you are a hundred percent correct in that number one they could use it to like bridge a partnership with somebody else to make it look like they're not completely out of touch they could make a connection with like ring of honor but also jericho has made it possible now for older wrestlers who feel like they've kind of done everything they can do in wwe don't necessarily want to like lose touch with the company but they're just like yo i want to have a match with somebody who's not you know whatever for chris jericho might have been just like i don't want to be the second in the card at WrestleMania anymore. Or even just like the freedom to like make your own matchup, like yeah, more so totally. than being like having to check w- about everything with, on, yeah. with someone. But it just seems like for future, like to for, for their own retention of like their wrestlers, it's like, well, let's let Daniel Bryan do this and see how it works out. Yeah. And then totally. maybe we'll see who else can do that. It'll probably end up being like AEW where it's like not every single person is allowed to wrestle everywhere. Right. They are like they have autonomy much more so obviously than the WWE performers totally. do in almost every way. But Which like, is odd because they're actually employees whereas WWE are independent contractors but they're right. complete it's it's the complete opposite. They don't let them have their own like social media and everything. They like want a close close hold on everything. So, pretty interesting. But yeah, like I I could see that happening and I could see the perfect match that Daniel Bryan could have would be Daniel Bryan versus Will Ospreay. Uh, I was about to say that. I was absolutely about to say that. I mean, totally. Do you know what um, Daniel Bryan has said about Kenny Omega recently? I I yeah, I saw I read some of whatever he said about that. Yeah, well, he just said that the Young Bucks, uh, you know, are amazing. They really changed the game by taking a style of wrestling that they loved in their youth and then just just jumping off of that and being creative. But he was like Kenny Omega I don't know where he gets. He doesn't his have stuff. a blueprint. Yeah. No, totally. he's just like he is the blueprint, and I was like, oh my god, Daniel Bryan really wants to fight Kenny Omega <laughs> for sure. But yeah, totally. Will Osprey, like, it is. I think we are living in such an amazing time that we're we we can have conversations about this stuff. And I was gonna, I wanted to kind of revise our list of like dream matchups because we had before talked about you know Okada coming to 
AEW to fight Kenny Omega and how that would be the biggest match. And now I'm like, man, Bell Collector versus Bell Collector, Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega. That's the match I want to see. That's how I was feeling when Ospreay entered uh, at Dontaku with all of yeah. with Well, he only has two belts, but... Uh... Yeah, with the Rev Pro belt and the world. Two belts is enough. Still... <laughs> Let's be clear. Two belts. That's what Kenny had for a while. He was still calling himself the belt collector even before he won uh, the Impact yeah. Championship. So Describing them as all of his belts, though, makes it sound like he's like Ultimate Dragon, like covered in belts. Two belts is speaking, still. Quite speaking a of a dragon, yeah. So we did watch Shingo versus Osprey uh, at Wrestle Dontaku. We did. We also watched the main event of Night One, which was uh, Jay White versus Tanahashi. I don't think we'll be talking about that. Uh, I think I can speak for both of us when I say that we could like go without never seeing Tanahashi and Jay White fight each other again, <laughs> even though they're both brilliant performers. Um, just tired of that match. I will say though, the thing I liked about, I mean, the reason that match was cool is because it was for the never belt, which is like, not something I would have thought like a couple years ago, like in two years, Tanahashi and Jay White are going to be feuding for the never belt. Uh, well, uh, I, I did see someone saying that they were concerned about the direction of the never belt, that, that it was becoming that secondary title in, uh, in NJPW and not the hard hitting sort of, classic match yeah the wild brawlers like and just yeah it's like the wild card belt like suzuki uh tai chi evil and I, also like where like someone like takahashi can fight ishii or something like that right where they yes. can totally cross weight classes to to have these kind of dream matches man i had to consider that yeah it's kind of like they need the intercontinental title belt so the so like ishii has something to do because otherwise like you know where just, is ishii I just, I, I see these pictures of Kota Ibushi holding the beautiful intercontinental belt, a mini replica of which I have because John sent me a sick keychain from the, uh, straight from the dome, straight from the dome. I see him holding that and the absolutely gorgeous NJPW belt. And it's like side to side with him just holding that little divas championship looking <laughs> NJPW the butterfly belt. The butterfly belt I, 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 and the, the Cody neck tattoo belt. And I just don't understand it. Like, I just can't understand how they could take a big, mighty belt. It's like, it's, yeah, it's like taking, it's like being like we're on WCW and we're going to combine the US title with the WCW big gold belt. And then they brought out the Divas Championship. You'd be like, why did you do that? <laughs> like, that one was so much better. I will say the belts were growing on me a little bit. Like I Is it? It's not for me. It today, yeah. When we watched, we watched Don Taku uh, Osprey versus Shingo today, and when he came out with the belt, I was like, "Oh, that looks cool." Like the black leather, I think looks good, and like the shape is different. I don't know. I like initially did not like it at all. In comparison to the IWGP, forget it. There's no comparison. That's that's like, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You uh, could you you could definitely make a case for like, hey, it's uniquely shaped. <laughs> Whatever you want to say, like it's fine. Like you know when. Osprey kissed it. I thought that was adorable. So I was like, you know, they have great chemistry together. But compared to the old one, it just it doesn't make sense. I can't make sense of it. In retrospect, though, like in a couple of years, if that's the belt that becomes the belt that's defended across the world, I think that's cool. I think that marking the transition from this historic belt that's been defended in Japan for all these years. I'm okay with them changing it. Absolutely. But like, why does it have to look like that? (laughs) Can they just say that? Can we, they just say we fucked up? Like when, when Cody was like, we're not done the TNT title guys. Oh, right. Yeah. He brought the, brought up the blank belt. (laughs) Can Gato just be like, 
Oh, yeah, we're just not done the top yet. But yeah, I thought White versus Jay White versus Tanahashi was like not very exciting. It felt um, like we'd seen it before. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, just the, the cards felt like people were missing and people might be missing because of COVID reasons. I don't know. Yeah, it's like hard. It feels weird to me that we're living in a wrestling world where we're not watching the NJPW cards anymore because they're not that well booked. And also because there's enough wrestling that we're like, we can yeah, just watch the main events. That's for, pretty crazy. For me, it's that is true. It's just like, I mean, like I'm waiting to be gri- grabbed by New Japan again. And I mean, the New Japan Cup was great. Uh, New Japan Cup, anytime they have a tournament is just fantastic. The G1 every year is incredible. But the, I do and, miss... The New Japan Cup is great. I do miss like pre-COVID... It's like after Lager retired, like I missed the events, like the road to events where the opening six man was like something Tiger you really like, wanted to watch or yeah. yeah, even just like fun stuff. Like it, the like opening six bands of anything was like Tiger Mask versus Liger, some of the young lions, Maccabe, Ishii sometimes. And I don't know. Yeah. Now just having I girls of destiny have never been like, I I've never been a big fan of them. Tamatanga there's a match he had against Naito, but I like in the G1 in 2018, I want to say that I loved, but mostly for st- Los Ingovernables story reasons, not yeah. like because of Tamatanga. It's funny though. We were talking about today. We were like, I know I, I said, it. I was like, I know the the booking is pretty contentious right now. And that whole evil debacle was really weird and felt like it, devalued the belt for for a little bit but now looking at the guys who are on top of the card who are like main eventing like shingo versus osprey um in comparison we have also seen shingo and osprey fight a few times in fact uh until this match i would say one of the best matches of the year was shingo versus osprey for the uh at the at the top of the new japan cup for the for the, at the finals, um, and I then I think they outdid them. themselves. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I guess I would I think rank I them similarly. Uh, I mean, absolutely, but I wasn't didn't feel like oh we have to watch this again. It was like I was genuinely excited to watch it again, unlike Tanahashi and Jay White. But they've been fighting for like oh a year. yeah. I guess I mean I'm excited. I was excited to watch it again for sure. See the rematch again for sure. Uh, I just mean like the spots in that match specifically like we earlier today we were talking about articles you're going to write for the the next issue of torture act and that was a match the first i mean this match was great too but the first match is the match like when i think about actually drawing things uh i think of the first uh shingo osprey match new japan cup but just all those I, I have to say spots. yes i mean absolutely i would love to see you do uh last of the dragons off the apron into two tables though that would be pretty. Sick. I was just gonna say that, yeah. Shingo uh, dunked Osprey through two tables. Um, I don't even know how to like describe these guys. Like, I don't know. You see a match like this, you're like, what do you even say about it? Like, they did a they did a series of reversals that was like nine reversals deep. Yeah, remember that? It was uh-huh. just like German suplex. Like Osprey would flip like twice in the air, land, try to hit him with another thing. Like they just they were just flying off of each other. Um, is there anyone better than Osprey right now? As a singles competitor, I can't think of anybody. I I don't think anybody like even like thinking about different people we've watched in other promotions. I don't know. No, I don't know. Pa- I mean, maybe uh, Pack. I mean, like Pack, I would say, it, but he Pac's hasn't really had great singles. He's not really had like the amount of singles matches that um, 
Osprey's had. I would put Osprey way above Kenny Omega right now. Um, yeah, Kenny Omega, it's it's weird. NJPW is such a deep roster. Uh, AW is great, but they don't have, I think, as many people at the top of the card that are going to be having incredible matches with, with Kenny Omega. Um, right. They're, yeah, they're like, I don't know. Yeah, the, the, way, the way the rosters are built is very different. Yeah, like it, and the type of performers like New Japan, as much as AEW calls themselves a sports-based presentation, like New Japan is a sports-based presentation mostly. Totally. Especially the top, if we're talking about the top of the card, because I feel like if I think of the top of the card of AEW, I think of a lot of like sports entertainers, kind of um, totally more so than like pure raw professional wrestling athletes. Definitely, in general, AEW ended up being more of a sports entertainment brand than I expected. Yeah. Um, but I also think that that's the right way to go because that's... It's obviously been working. His, yeah. Has been historically popular in the States, like, you know, so... Well, and yeah, like, I don't think that... Like, I, I think what, like, New Japan, and if it AEW was just, like, all, like crazy new japan cup matches like it wouldn't have the appeal that it does right now like, no totally not totally not um and you know we talk about njpw having the best matches and yeah the best people but like we are consistently every week watching so AW entertained by Dynamite. and yeah yeah we're not Elevation. watching NJPW that much um i That's guess should we get why though yeah because like AEW has so many sh- it's it's like what's gonna happen when the next AEW show airs also because like I feel like I pretty much have consistently watched Elevation since it started and have been enjoying that. And since I started watching Elevation, would have kept caught Dark a few times. And we all watch Dynamite every Wednesday, too. So it's like, yeah, back-to-back-to-back wrestling. And I think there's something about it starting at 7, my time, versus 8. That's a little bit harder for me to, like... Because I'm usually done work right around that time and just to go straight mm. from work into it. Like, I usually like to have a little bit of a buffer time. Yeah. But I would like to try to watch Elevation this week. I saw... Moxley was fighting uh, Daniel Amlet. Yeah, that's um, gonna be good. Couple, couple other sick matches. Should uh, we should we talk about um, AW Blood and Guts? Unless you have more to to talk about with Shingo and Osprey. I mean, dude, it's like, totally. Yeah, I mean, the, like you the, said, what I would say the best match of the year, as far as I'm concerned, you should absolutely watch it. <laughs> yeah, what more could be said about that match? Like, yeah, I think, we can name I think... a bunch of spots from it. And if I had written more down, I probably would. <laughs> Off the top of my head, like. I would say I I think the previous Shingo Osprey match, not number one, but is up there. The top, my top three matches of the year thus far are this Shingo Osprey, either this one or the one before Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly and Chris Dickinson totally. versus Joey Janela. At, you really liked that Chris Dickinson dude, versus Joey Janela? Yeah, I I've rewatched it. Like it's I don't know, just like going back. I think it's really hard to channel real raw like ECW energy. Like, totally. And it not be, like, I don't know, it either, like, I think oftentimes it, like, we talked to, when we talked about uh, Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, we talked about the creativity and sort of their um, use of, like, spots, hardcore weapons, those sorts of things. Joey Janela and Chris Dickinson, exactly, totally, just similar sort of compliment, like, wild spots, stuff that it's like, how did they survive these spots? I don't understand. And then just the uh, sort of rawness of the crowd throwing chairs in, them getting mad that the crowd threw too many chairs in. Also, like, just like, I don't know, there's something about GCW. It's like the the only promotion where I feel like some people really don't like each other, like when they're fighting each other. And they had sold me on the, that being a real grudge match between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I 
I honestly can't think of a match that sticks out to, sticks out to me as much as that match does that I've watched on a TV and have not been there live. Like over the last like since wow. COVID, basically. I'll rewatch it definitely because I'm 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 interested. Like the matches that stick out to me when I think of the the last couple GCW shows that we watched, like. Um, Atticus Kogar and Masada like really blew me oh, away yeah. uh-huh. and made me have a new respect for Atticus Kogar. And I just could not believe how violent it was and how much I was enthralled in it. Uh, but otherwise I do agree with you on those being the best match of the year. I would also add just like, you know, maybe not quite on the work rate, but as far as entertainment goes, I think Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Oh, was, absolutely. Yeah. Was right up there as well. So yeah, should we talk about uh, AW blood and guts? Dude, for sure. So opened up with uh, the likely, I think, tag team that is going to face the Young Bucks at Double or Nothing, which is John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus the incredible tag team of Kenny Omega and MT Nakazawa. <laughs> Dude, I love Nakazawa's pivot to QT cosplay. Like totally, <laughs> uh, really funny. Like. I did like I knew he did the name, but now that I'm thinking about it too, like what he was, what he's wearing and everything, and like the headphones and stuff. That's yeah, so funny. And that'll be a funny like. I know at some point I'm sure they'll do this. I thought they may have done that with like uh, Cutler and Peter Avalon, like some kind of ridiculous grudge match, like over the top grudge match for a kind of insignificant feud like that. That's like only right. like like QT versus Nakazawa in like a cage or something like that. Like I feel like that kind <laughs> something of match unnecessarily would be really funny. bloody. And yeah, like... like her barbed wire match or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, maybe QT will challenge him to a bunkhouse match. Like I love with, uh... totally. That would be sick. Yeah. With Dustin, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I I do like uh, MT uh, or or Nakazawa as it were as a as a stooge. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right that Mox and Kingston will be facing the Young Bucks. I ho- I honestly would love to see Moxley and Kingston win the belts. Totally, uh, man. It's I, it's a perfect pivot for Mox right now because, you know me, I'm a worry wart. I always worry, what's the champion going to do after he drops the belt? Like, how is he going to stay relevant? Like, we don't want to lose our great Mox. Like, right. what, what's, what's our Stone Cold going to do? But yeah, him and Eddie Kingston, them coming out, like you said, had a real WWF, like, attitude era. Vibe, I love. Oh them my together. god, yeah, dude, totally. The match. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Got excited please. about the match. Just thinking about the no. match. Yeah, that like Nak- Kenny bailing and leaving Nakazawa in the ring, and then Mox and Kingston coming out to Mox's music through the crowd, just like so hyped up, so like, yeah, you, I, it makes sense that they're doing consistently doing such huge numbers now. It's just like that energy that was complete raw attitude era energy, especially with it being the opener too. Yeah. And this was also just like a better match than it had any right to be for having. Um, yeah. It, was like, it, would, it could have just been a goofy, like they, like, they just a, pl- a plot match, basically yeah. like a story match and not like an action match, but it actually really delivered. It was really fun. Had a lot of great spots. Obviously Kenny Omega carries a lot of the burden of, of that. <laughs> and even though Kenny Omega is not having those one-on-one incredible, matches right now i just think he's he I, I think he's doing incredible work just like as a character as a like a rick flair style heel um and yeah just kind of having a lot of just really good tag matches like yeah. i know it's not exactly what we want from him but like matches of like him and versus like Pac and like fenix and stuff you know tag matches like that have just been pretty incredible so 
I, I, I really like what he's doing. Obviously, it would be nice if he was having just five-star classics with everybody. But, yeah, other than Phoenix, I don't know who is really, like, on his level in that sense uh, totally. in the company. Yeah, and earlier when I said that, like, uh, Kenny is nowhere near Osprey at the moment, I guess, like, to what you're saying, it is he's, like, focusing more on, like, character development, plot development, and, like, I in a, in a great way. Like, I'm enjoying that in the same way I'm enjoying Osprey's matches. Um, and I, like, specifically, the promo sort of, like, battle that he had with Orange Cassidy... I mean, it was basically just him talking when he like the promo that Dude, they did with Orange I'm, Cassidy and Kenny Omega together. I guess you don't really think about it until it happens, but like, it's really cool. So we've been watching AEW now for it's almost like what is it, a year? It's only been like a year and a half. They've done so much work building up Orange Cassidy, having like the long term feud with Jericho, doing stuff with Miro. Like he's been in almost like a completely different universe than Kenny Omega. And totally. Kenny Omega, similarly, has also been doing lots of different things, but somehow the two of them... Have never crossed paths yet. Right. They were, like, and... keeping them apart. I didn't even realize it until yeah, until I saw them, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be double or nothing, isn't and it? And to like, see them together, it's like, oh, dude, this is the match. This is that, sick. Yeah, that's yeah. actually going to be really exciting, because, yeah, uh, Orange Cassidy can be just such an electric performer, and to see him do those athletic things with, like, his hands in his pockets and just pull out these... Yeah, just, just go from not caring to, to pulling out incredible matches against like someone like Pac or Kenny Omega. Yeah. I think that's going to be, that's going to be insane. Yeah. That's like, going to be so good. Just that's the, because a lot of, a lot of Omega's moves, like I feel like he, the way Orange Cassidy evades offense, it's like primed for avoiding Omega's moves. Similar. It's almost like a similar, like ZSJ Osprey, how like the two, right. Like, totally. Their like energy is so different. And like kind of what we were saying earlier that, that like AEW has almost channeled like the sports entertainment version of like that, like where mm-hmm. Osprey and ZSJ, it's like tech technician versus like high flying Haas striker. And this is like wild, like two wild gimmicks going up against each other. And yeah, totally. Man, I'm yeah, I'm so super good. excited for that. Do you think that's going to main event, or do you think it'll be Britt Baker versus um, Sheeta? I don't know. Omega versus Orange Cassidy, one on one for the world belt. Yeah, it seems like I not that I, that match isn't big, but like no, I, I mean they haven't given Sheeta like any screen time. So it, I just thought like Britt Baker is big, but yeah, you're you're right. I think something like Britt Baker versus um, Jay Cargill might be the first. I could definitely see that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, That seems more likely to me than Sheeta versus Burt Baker. Um, Yeah. No, you're you're probably right. And that match will be great too. But yeah, it's just like, like I was just saying, it's just like thinking about different people now. Ever since that promo happened, I've been trying to think of different people who have been in like, kind of like in completely different universes within AEW. Like Darby Allen's another person that has Omega. I would say also like, we're about to see this clash, but like Miro really hasn't been in that much of the mix. Right. Like he's pretty much just been feuding with the best friends. So to see him kind of go up against her, I think he's going to take it off of Darby Allen in this upcoming dynamite. This might not age well, depending on when I get this episode out, but I think he might be the first person to, or that he might take the, the title off of Darby. Yeah, it seems weird. Like, I agree with that. But I also, like, just the way they've built up Darby to have other feuds with, like, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, too. Like... Right. 
Oh, if, right. Okay. Like, they're coming well, I mean, for the belt. But then I guess they could pivot and go after Miro and then just fight Sting and Darby in a tag match at double or nothing. Also doesn't mean that um, Miro can't drop it back. Like, Brody took it off of Cody and then Cody took it back. So, hmm. could be like a, a an ongoing feud, but... I'd be interested to see that. I, I like the big men, small men dynamic. You know that about me. Yeah, so. Darby versus Miro would be a great match. That's I a, hope so. A wild, I really hope so. Wild matchup for sure. Um, Darby's one of those guys who's just been having great matches with everybody. Like I wasn't one hundred percent sure about him, but he at first, like if he was more just kind of like a um, stunts guy and like a, a gimmick, but like Jungle Boy, he's just been having great matches with everybody he fights with. So, um, and they had a great match together, obviously. Yeah, he's had, he's definitely the the TNT reign he's within right now is for sure going to be memorable. Like lot lots of like just random good matches week after week after week. Uh, totally, it's really cool to see. Also on the card was uh, Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall, which is a feud I never thought I would care about. QT really <laughs> has distinguished himself yeah. in the in these promos. I think this is like QT and the the Nightmare Factory. I think is. The perfect TV feud in that, you know, it's, you know, QT versus Cody. It's not a match you want to see on a pay-per-view, but on a Dynamite, you're like, that could be really fun. They had a really good match, and the whole QT story is just meant to build up, like, Anthony Agogo and the other people. Nick Camarado. Yeah. Nick Camarado. Aaron Solo. Um, I'm definitely I'm definitely really sold on Agogo. I'm not sure how sold I am on Nick Camarado yet, but um, I'm sure we'll give it some time. But. Yeah, I, I think it. I agree. Uh, I really like it a lot. Uh, I think like also like an interesting use of Cody, like to have him just kind of be in the second match of the night. Um, yeah, and Cody's doing know. doing great work. Uh, QT like his promo against Cody. Sometimes you don't believe promos, you know, because of one thing or another. Like you you don't like when people get fined and stuff. You are like <laughs> this take this takes me out of it or like whatever. Um, but I like when QT was just like you know, you you keep me around to do all this stuff, and then you you're the center of attention stuff. You're you're the king of the indies and all this stuff. I was like, man, this is good. he's he's kind of cutting deep. This is like when uh, later when the acclaimed did the opening rap and then told uh, Varsity Blondes they were going to be on the Dark Side oh of the God. Ring season four. That was the, that was their best so far. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's funny. I yeah, QT and also just like that story, like QT just calling calling QT uh, calling Cody out on his egoism. Right, and just saying. having QT be this character now that's like past his prime but still can go putting out good matches and it's like now you my students can achieve like QT's not going to be the TNT champion or the um totally world champion, but not his a lot of his students can be. So it's a really cool like uh mentor protege story that's happening in like a yeah. true like a real way because he has a training school like yeah, yeah it's, it's really cool. actually his his students and yeah. stuff um and it, yeah it's just cool to see a new generation of talent that's going to be coming up like of homegrown aw talent i, I don't know aw is just so cool in the way that it, it, it can feature these guys you know i i don't always like to see matt hardy fighting but like obviously it's it's a way to to bring lapsed fans in same with christian but on the same show just make make time for people like the acclaimed who really have only come up like pretty recently just taking chances on people and then when they're good just like letting them stay on tv so dynamite right now is a really good mix of older stars who are doing you know 
their their career work right now, like Young Bucks, Cody, and Kenny, who like probably will retire like sooner than we're expecting, especially like the Young Bucks, and then the the under talent that are you know started with AW, so like Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, um, MJF, MJF, absolutely, and then the the next the next generation. It's like we're already seeing kind of the third generation of AEW kind of kind of creep up with these with these Nightfire Factory guys, Jade Cargill. Um, top flight, the acclaimed. So yeah, I, yeah, it's it's really really cool. I can't believe the acclaimed is a AEW made tag team. Like I just, I for sure thought they were like, like just a pickup from the indies. Like these the, the these guys have been grinding away in the indies for two years. Same with top and flight. They, and they then have. Like, oh, they're nineteen. Yeah, and the acclaimed <laughs> has independently, but then as a as a package, there's just such a total package uh, that I assume that they came in together that way. But it's cool to find that it's like. Yeah, something that was just made for AEW. Um, totally. And then, yeah, speaking of a clash of like established stars and you know new wrestlers, Blood and Guts match was awesome. Blood and Guts was uh, absolutely sick. It was it was really it was really raw, like in the ring. The stuff that they were doing, they were they were all cut open. They were like, <laughs> dude, Sammy's were, arm were, afterwards. Ugh, oh, yeah, brutal. They're ripping the uh, padding off of the mat and just giving people like. Pile drivers, yeah, straight pile onto driver the, onto the plywood, onto the exposed the plywood and stuff. The exposed pine. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was super sick. I loved how it built. Like uh, I loved every time someone would come in. Like Wardlow would come in and just like absolutely destroy everybody. Like the the fresh man coming in. I love that dynamic of those matches where people come in. You know, uh, one after the other, so, like like elimination chamber and stuff. Um, yeah. So this this was really sick. Overall, we are eventually going to have to talk about the ending, though. What do you want to say about the ending, Mark? <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> I thought it sucked. I and I don't want to be lumped in with people who want to see Chris Jericho um, fo- actually falling onto the um, the thing, but I, I feel like either either that just shouldn't have been the ending because it's just not. I, I don't find it that exciting. Like you know, the idea that someone's going to get thrown off. Like we've seen that so much in WWE. So it's like them being like, Oh, like MJF being like, Oh, I'm going to throw Jericho off. Like that's not necessarily how I wanted that match. It felt like a little anticlimactic to me. I almost just would have preferred like just some like absolutely brutal submission move or something where he was like, his face was getting ground into the chain or something like that. But, um, and then the actual bump itself, you know, this is why people usually do it onto like large black boxes because you can really hide the the mat under it. But just like those little layers of that fake uh, entrance way, like it just I gotta say it didn't bother me like a single bit until you like and I even can, after I you can said... only say that you must have been like drawing through most of it and just didn't look up because as soon as he hits and you just like these uh, long lingering shots on the mats I saw just, like, I I watched I was watching at that time because was, like, I was just happen. joking about that I was I was finishing a project <laughs> at that time too though but during that match I just was watching the whole time and uh yeah just the match overall too like no one was ever standing anywhere like people like the whole like Every time they came back, it's like, oh, they're tearing up the ring now. And then, like, the turnbuckle is off and someone's getting thrown into a cage. Like, just the whole, like, the way that that match was paced was perfect. And then, yeah, the ending, I don't know, like, 
just like thinking about the, do you the, like that ending though like yeah do, i think it's fine how you, yeah like i think the ending is fine not not, not i'm not even talking about the fall mm. but the the idea that the match ends because mjf is gonna throw jericho off and sammy guevara's like no don't do it well that's how the match has to end right is like mercy like that's how yeah someone has to someone has to call it off but like i don't know like oh you're you're saying when, i see what you're saying yeah i don't know yeah i i uh I it wasn't bothered by it, and I think because of the whole match, I was so engrossed in what was going on uh, that. Do, do you remember when uh, when when MJF threw in the towel? Yeah, I do. Yeah, on Cody. Jericho had him in the, the the walls of Jericho, and Cody was like, "Thing." Even that, I think, is a is like a more dramatic ending than him just being like, "I'm gonna throw him off." I think like sometimes you do things for the video work. package. <laughs> the wide shot of it looks really good and to have Chris Jericho falling off of the cage and MJF is throwing him like that to me it was like that was why it was done like if you go back and watch the wide shot it, it looked good like you can't really like I don't know and like you I, I, I just don't think you could see the things that people are complaining about as much in that angle it's like wide and from above so it's like he just falls into like a void kind of when they're up close, yeah. I could see the complaints. But it, I personally, someone that's Jericho's age, that's older, I understand you're saying, like, there can there be, like, a middle point of, like, either don't do it at all, make it Why safe. Why does Jericho have to be the one that... Make it safe. Because that... it's Jericho. Like, it, it means the most out of everyone else. Sean Spears getting thrown off. Do you think Sammy's throwing the white towel in for that? Or, sorry, not Sean Spears. Uh, like, yeah, is there anyone else on the team, like... San, like Santana Ortiz, I don't think anyone's throwing the towel in. Jericho's the only one you throw the towel in for for that. Um, I just feel like there could have been just like some something. I, I I guess I guess my my more main problem is it is that it's not really a definitive victory. And I guess I would have just preferred mm. there to be just some like I don't know like maybe just the pinnacle like they just beat the shit out of them and they're just all standing in the ring and all of them are just laying on the thing and they're just like bloodied. They've just been stomped or something. I don't know. It just like it was such an intense, cool match, and then that ending was so, so WWE yeah, to me. They like, did it for I, the video I, package. That's what I always complain about with WWE. <laughs> you know that I know, but I think like sometimes it makes sense to do that. Like I, I, I just think like, la- no, this is the last thing I'm going to say about it because I feel like we don't need, we shouldn't spend too much time talking about this. But I just think like sure. someone that's as old as Jericho. Oh my god! Just protect him, you know. But let him do that spot. You, you could still throw him onto a, a giant crash pad. Why does it have to look like it is the entryway when it's obviously not? Because when that gets thrown into the intro dynamite, it's going to look sick. Because it's going to cut away <laughs> really fast just before impact. It's going to go, wow, that's, that's why true. they did it. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. That's fine. Um, I, 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 I do, like, it's the, I feel the exact same way I feel about the, um, the exploding barbed wire death match with Kenny and yeah with Oxley, time like, looking back on it like they're going to use the blo- exploding bat like and that it's like wow you guys saw that exploding bat match live and we will be like yeah it was not that great live but what I was just going to say is like yeah just I I really enjoyed the match the whole time and then the ending kind of oh yeah def- deflated it for me and I you know, I might, I'll probably end up going back and watching those matches and being like, "Oh yeah, this is this is a really good match." And then the ending will happen, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah." I don't know. I just don't know why they have to keep doing these like extreme endings if they just like are not at all 
worried about doing it so it looks good. I would chalk it up to like also them. <laughs> like I'm not going to be excited the next time AEW's like we're doing an ex- bleeding explodey bloody. <laughs> I'm going to be like I'm not that excited about that anymore. Like I'm I'll, I'm sure the match will be good, but like the gimmicks are. I don't know. It's like we we talked about this last time. We we talked about this on like one of our last episodes that AEW did, like we're having crappy endings and then this happened. It's like Jesus Christ. I don't know, man. That's just how I feel. It really, it really, like, the, it, the moment it happened when he, like, he fell onto it and then the, the, he was just laying there and it was just like, you can <laughs> just see the thing under it. It's like, it looks, it looks better when Shane McMahon falls off Hell in the Cell onto a fucking table and the table obviously has a crash pad, but you can't see the crash pad. I didn't think it was you that big of a deal. It. It's a big deal. It's a big deal, John. It's a big <laughs> fucking deal. I want Jericho to fall and die. Okay, I want him to fall in the real entryway, crack his head open. I want to see this man die. I want to see Jericho bleed out on live television, okay? Is that too much to ask? It is. Jesus Christ. Speaking of people bleeding to death on live television, we also watched <laughs> we also watched a GCW uh, pay-per-view, Ashes to Ashes, um, that had uh, some, some pretty gnarly stuff on we it. We have never uh, not... Every time we watch a GCW show, it always delivers, like, in every way. Like, regardless Pretty of, much exactly what you, what you want. It's just, like, a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, and, all kinds of stuff. The crowd's always wired, like... Show opens up with RSP being fired, which was really funny. <laughs> the crowd hated him yeah i feel like he went out there and was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna be fired and maybe they'll feel like ambivalent about it and then they were just like fuck you and like <laughs> you deserve it and i bet he got a little sad he didn't even have to say anything i don't think so dude that's like <laughs> you that's the heat you want yeah right? he's when you're that, that guy that's like what we've been saying forever now it's like the he's heel yeah he do, he is at the point where he doesn't need to speak and he has a room of people <laughs> screaming in his face. He just can stand there. And he doesn't even have the belt anymore. He didn't even really do anything at uh, spring break to really, apart from just existing and being the leader of 440H, he hasn't done anything between spring break and now like to to have that happen. It's not like he crashed another like memorial or like, right, you know, right, there's right. no like, do you, do you, that heat is do you, crazy. I had a little bit of a feeling that it was like real. Like I was like, did is he actually leaving the company because everyone hates him? But I know that I'm just being <laughs> getting just engrossed being in the uh, yeah in yeah. the story for yeah. sure. No, yeah, I'm sure maybe it'd be cool to like. I don't know. Yeah, he he's. It'd be interesting to see him elsewhere, but I, yeah, I don't. I think like he's. Who who knows? I don't know. Yeah. GCW. There's some of those guys that you really cannot imagine other places, but then they show like, up there. Um, who just showed up on? Um, on WWE, uh, Alex Zane, I believe. Alex Zane, yes. Exactly. Uh, also, uh, Ben Carter. Yes, but he, very Alex Zane, I would say is more so the. Not that he doesn't belong there, shouldn't be there, but I think like Ben Carter, you could see the transition from. Indies, AEW, GCW, etc. To there, Alex Zane. Uh, yeah, it's just like such a wild style, like. Just known for being kind of like pretty like. Um, I don't know, just energetic and volatile in the ring in like a really great way. So yeah, to see that transition into WWE is interesting for someone like Alex Zane. 
or someone like RSP, who I don't think... I don't know, yeah, maybe we will be proven wrong and he'd be a great heel in NXT, cutting promos like uh, Old School Ciampa, and we'll get RSP, <laughs> RSP versus uh, Walter. Uh, yeah, it is a, it's a little hard to imagine like him and G-Raver somewhere else, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. seeing like, G-Raver like, pop up in the... I mean, it would be amazing to see him in the G1 or something like that, I guess. But uh, <laughs> Dude, that would be insane. G-Raver, dude, not... G-Raver's WrestleMania entrance? <laughs> oh my god he's gonna borrow that um alexa bliss headband but it'll be real like blood the... wired through it <laughs> his own blood like, coming <laughs> out of his arm just he's just got a fucking wire hooked up this was not my favorite um gcw pay-per-view of 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 the ones we watched i feel like there were like the upper tier ones and then sort of the mid-tier ones mm-hmm. um I, I can't remember what it was last year it was in august last year gcw could be the world part three maybe wasn't the world um it was like br- bring them out oh bring them out this felt like a little bit like of a bring them out pay-per-view like a transitional like this this didn't feel like as good as our spring break that to me felt top tier this was more of a a transitional one but there were some matches that i really enjoyed iron beast versus bussy that was was dude absolutely loved that so good uh they get to do you know some of their their comedy spots like effie and ally but mostly they're just fighting like a really hard-hitting Haas team of KTB versus Sean Mer- Shane Mercer, and they're not pulling any punches like with with Alley Cat, which is really cool to see. Like I really enjoy the way GCW handles intergender wrestling. Dude, yeah, this match the way it started too with Alley Cat versus KTB and KTB huge yeah. chop to Alley Cat. Yeah, fucking her up. Like, yeah, and then like, yeah, she fires back. Like, oh my god. With strikes to both ktb and shane mercer and like takes them down and just the contrasting styles of the of bussy effie and alley cat versus ktb and shane mercer like two like very very sick tag teams like very 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 different and very very sick tag yeah um iron beast were just hitting these huge uh assisted power moves like they would just like shane would just throw Effie into KTB and he would like power bomb him, dude. Yeah, and then yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a really good. And for a while, I know you and I. Uh, sometime last year, like we were saying, how there there seems to not be too many tag matches in GCW. Um, like right. while we were watching it last year, and it's cool to see two teams, like, really just like rip it up. Yeah, you know KTB and Shane Mercer, like you said, throwing down these like superhuman moves where they're like at one like, point I think uh, Shane had maybe either Ali or Effie on the shoulders and then KTB was like on the top ropes and just like handed her yeah. off to KTB to just hit like a huge huge um, superplex off the top rope yeah and just the way I don't know the way Ali Cat and Effie responded to their power with like agility there's a moment agility where agility like, and like cunning. Yeah, like Shane Mercer pops up Alley Cat and she reverses it into a, a spinning DDT. Like that moment was insane. Uh, Effie yeah. is thrown into a powerbomb from a German suplex. <laughs> Alley Cat is military pressed into a powerbomb. This is what I'm talking about. These assisted powerbombs are insane. There's like an avalanche Death Valley driver through a door on Alley Cat from KTB. Effie throwing down huge boots throughout the match. Like. I love yeah, this Effie's match. Effie's big boot is awesome. Yeah. This was this was uh, probably my second favorite match of the night. Yeah, agreed, um, for sure. Just a really cool contrast of styles. Like, just 
really, really cool. Just the finisher, too. Moonsault and Battery. Shane Mercer does a moonsault with Effie holding him. Like, he's on the top rope holding. Oh, yes, and yes, he yes. flips he's... with him with a, as a moonsault. Right. Uh, Man. And then continues to hold on to him and gives him to gives him to Mercer for a power bomb, and then that's like the three count. It was insane. It was like there was no chance that Bussy was going to win this match, but they put up such a great fight. Um, but Iron Beast are just absolute destroyers, dude. Yeah, want to see more? If there from was both a, of them. If there was a GCW tag title. They would definitely be. I can't think of any other GCW tag teams. No, just like I think random, random, four, pairing, four, like random pairings, and then yeah, four four oh as a faction could swap out and have tag team matches. But otherwise, yeah, I can't think of any like. I, there's like, yeah, just other like smaller factions, but but no like, I would say no like th- these I feel like are the two outstanding tag teams in GCW at the moment. Yeah. Um, what What was your favorite match of the night? Outside of that tag match, I think the tag match actually. I mean, I because I liked G. Raver versus Jimmy Lloyd for sure was absolutely insane. <laughs> um, I loved, I loved this match. I remember like we gave our rating to to Tom. Like we both gave it an A minus, and Tommy was like, "Why did you guys rate it so highly?" I was like, "I don't know, man." I'm a. I I'm forgot a that he said that. It was it was wild. Yeah, it was like I'm a sucker for. Was it like the ceiling of glass ceiling yeah, match? Yeah, glass ceiling match. Any match where they take a while to set it up, and there's like these weird... It's like they just had window window panes jutting out from 45 degree angles from the uh, ropes, where it was like, that's just designed for someone to go off the ropes and just crash through that. It took so long like, to set up that we watched an entire another match from the year before. Right. <laughs> uh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah, and... Uh, I yeah, it was a wild match. It was everything you would hope it would be, and I don't know. G Raver is legitimately scary. Yeah, like that's what I wish Abaddon was. Yeah, just like G Raver. G Raver looks like he would like drink blood <laughs> right before he goes out. Yeah, those contacts look wild. His whole, all of his gear is like, yeah he he embodies what a lot of those kind of. Um, Sort of like spooky, almost like Slipknot esque, like <laughs> mushroom head sort of, totally, uh, new metal inspired, like Rob Zombie gimmicks. Uh, yes, like sort of. That is a perfect way to put like it. Like he he seems like a real version of that. <laughs> like it doesn't seem. Yeah. Like he, yeah, he just, it's like, he doesn't seem like a put Yeah, it's he like just that character. Like, that's like, oh, Rob Zombie's been that's making what I all love about, movies about G Raver. Like, G Raver. That's what's so good about GCW. Real. Yeah. Is like, we believe that we're like, Ricky Shane Page is a real bad person and no one <laughs> likes him. G Raver sleeps upside down. <laughs> yeah. um, what, did, what did you think of uh, Gage's first title defense against Jordan Oliver? It was great. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I just. It's weird too, because normally uh, I would say I'm more for personally for personal wrestling tastes, like prefer a singles match over a tag match, like yeah. or like any like just I just like one on one matches. Um, but yeah, I would say overall, in uh, looking back on this show, the tag match was definitely my favorite. Uh, Gage Oliver I thought was solid, like really good title defense. 
Uh, cool that they slotted Oliver in there, and I, I really liked... I don't remember who he faced at spring break, but I really liked Jordan Oliver's performance at spring break, too. I remember thinking, like, he seemed... Like, he had, like, new gear and just seemed... Yeah. Very polished, and I felt... Like, yeah, this match, it felt very chaotic, but, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, like, Jordan Oliver, someone I could definitely see popping up on NXT, for example. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting with how there are some people where it's like, oh, yeah, of course, like, they maybe will eventually go there, or we'll see him on Dark Elevation. It's like the more hardcore guys that you're like, you're probably going to stay here because you can do absolutely insane shit that nobody else would let you do. Imagine Tony Khan letting them set up that... <laughs> glass ceiling match be like absolutely not we will be throwing jericho onto a big fluffy pillow (laughs) and that's it yeah always have fun watching the gcw cards um probably the most fun that i had over the last two weeks watching something was the ajw supercard that thomas made for us which is the all japan women's pro wrestling supercard spanning the 80s and 90s john how much like ajw have you seen before this just matches here and there, but not much, really. Uh, I mentioned when we were watching it that I think the last time I felt this way, like watching wrestling, was when I first discovered Minoru Suzuki and started looking up Pancreas matches. Uh, right. And uh, just thinking, like having that excitement for something within wrestling um, where it's like, oh, there's this huge history to this that like I haven't explored. I want to know more about. <laughs> yeah, and I need to like yeah dig deep. And you and I for sure have talked quite a bit like on this podcast about how it's a blind spot for both of us, like both currently and historically. So it's cool that Thomas knows quite a bit more than we do about it. Um, yeah, and- we'll have to have him on the show talking about it uh, a little bit sometime. But the the and I I'm just I'm wondering like I'm wondering how much. You know, but I know that, you know, you probably are, are more, I mean, you definitely are more up to date with, like, you know, New Japan starting in, like, 2010. But I, I'm just curious to know, like, what Japan wrestling was like in the 80s. Because I see Jumping Bomb Angels versus Crush Gals, which is the first match we watched, and it just feels like, yeah, like a Young Bucks match or something. Like, it's just so crazy, and I'm like, was men's wrestling like this too? Or was it only, like, um, well, I mean, I, I guess... Yeah, I'm just curious about it. Like, like Liger was wrestling at this time, right? Yeah, but I don't know. Like, look, like see, like that Jumping Bomb Angels versus Crutch Gals was one that I was thinking of when kind of like what you just said. I I felt like a lot of a lot of the stuff that we watched. I there there obviously were male wrestlers doing equivalents, but not in the same way and not in the same style of booking either. Like, right, Jumping Bomb Angels versus Crutch Gals. Like that match looked and felt like. Young Bucks versus Golden Lovers. Uh, yeah, match it felt like a, a, just like, an absolutely totally modern match. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, was 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 it just was it because they were smaller, so they were doing just learning to do crazier and crazier stuff, or like was I feels like this this felt like more like a lucha match. Yeah, like this should have been happening in the 80s in Mexico. So I was just curious if you knew if there was more stuff like this happening in Japan. Uh hit us up in the in the in, in the DMs. Yeah. If you know more about Japan women's wrestling. And just like the harmony that happened within that match immediately. It was like right out of the gate 
like we were ta- earlier, we were talking, we were just talking about uh, like the um, tag team co-ops between Alley Cat and Effie and KTB and Shane Mercer. This, the whole, almost the entire match, both teams like moved in sync. It was incredible. Uh, yeah. And obviously, like it is the reverse in that like o- Omega and Ibushi and the and probably more so Omega and Ibushi are influenced by like you know this era of wrestling. Um, and you can see like I'm sure if you watched a Golden Lovers match alongside like a match like this, like oh dude. There, there would be times where they would sync up, or at least like there would be similar moves happening. Um, totally. Who did who did Thomas say that Kenny was Manami inspired Toyota, by? I think. Yeah, and I thought that was so cool because like you hear so much, uh, you know, whenever wrestlers talk about you know who inspired you, male wrestlers are usually like you know Stone Cold, Hulk Hogan, all these people. Even women's wrestlers like Sasha Banks is like you know The Rock, Stone Cold. You know, you hear a lot of these same ones. You don't hear a lot of or really any men's wrestlers talking about being inspired by women's wrestlers, right? Um, which is part of what I think makes Kenny so amazing, uh, and that like what what Daniel Bryan said just feels like he's on his own level just because he's. He's learned so much from from people that wrestlers didn't even think to learn from. So, yeah, and sort of yeah. to your question earlier about like similar wrestlers or like like were was there male wrestle male male equivalents to this? The second match we watched, I think I can speak for both of us in saying it was our favorite match that we watched, which was Manami Toyota versus Aja Kong. Uh, I'll go one further and say this is one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life yeah yeah Yeah. and the thing that i think is different about this and obviously i'm i don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of what was going on at this time but like that's why we hired you john i don't do like in that like this match minami toyota versus asher kong is like seeing liger versus vader which we wouldn't you would not have seen because yes. because of the divisions, the super junior yes. division, the heavyweight division, that those those um, weight classes restricted that kind of match from happening. In that way, this match felt like, yeah, like pre modern era wrestling, pre NXT, pre PWG, pre AEW. Like this to me, totally. Yeah, like I would say more than any match that I've ever seen. The match I kept coming back to, as you know was Lesnar uh, versus Debray. Like, that's what this really felt like to me. Like, Ayakong was this absolutely undestroyable, the the immovable object. And then <laughs> Debray is just like the 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 plucky, um, totally athletic, but also really good at technical wrestling and um, like submissions-based wrestling and stuff. And like was using that to her advantage. Also had some strong striking, but God damn, this match was good. I like... After watching this, there's a couple of people who I didn't, I had never heard of that I'm like, okay, I'm now going to go watch all of their matches. One of them is Jumping Bomb Angels. One of them is um, Akira Hokotu, who uh, I have a bunch of sick prints now because uh, Yewon, shout out to Yewon for, uh, they sent me a bunch of extra prints with the Sami Zayn, Sami for Syria uh, sick print that they did. Those prints are but, so tight. Uh, they're so freaking cool. And yeah, now I have all these... Uh, Akira Hagotu. It's cool that those showed up before we watched this. Literally the day that we watched it, yeah. I had never, I'd never seen her matches before, so I was, I was so psyched about this. Um, but yeah, mostly I just want to watch a ton of Minami Toyota matches because 
uh, see, yeah, seeing this is, is is like seeing someone like Kenny Omega for the first time. You're just like, holy shit, I want to learn more about this person now. Yeah, and just the whole presentation of it, and I, the clash of weight classes is the thing that stood out the most to me, and the way the crowd was so wrapped up in the match, and it, I just the, everything about it. They brawled to the outside, huge power moves from Aja Khan. Yeah, it had, it, like it had everything. It it really truly felt yeah like you said like felt like a modern just like crazy five star new japan match um what was really cool was seeing aja because we've seen her recently in the um women's eliminator match women's eliminator tournament through aw and you know she's still a force to be reckoned with but she definitely is is moving a lot slower and watching this match i don't know who said it was like oh that's why she moves so slow now she was just like (laughs) such a yeah like she she She's like a more uh, like a more athletic Brock Lesnar in that sense. Like she was doing some crazy stuff. Yeah, uh, and like match. really driving her the w- some somehow the way that like yes her moves are positioned feel like all of her force is going into the move. Like that's such a great way to put it. Yeah, she, yeah, she feels like her. She's really using her weight too inflict the maximum punishment. It doesn't feel like she's holding anything back. Yeah. No, her, like, probably the most brutal submissions I've seen in, like, a long time. Uh, it was just, like, Aya just, Aja just wrenching. Just wrenching Toyota. Um, yeah, they go in the crowd, like you said, like, Aya just, like, drops a bear, just picks up a barricade and just drops it on her. And then... Yeah, she, just at that moment, like, it's, like, thrown in a way... It's thrown in, like, in a chaotic way with no control like it's harnessing like just some kind of like like yeah like chaotic like wing ecw sort of like energy where it's like these people hate each other like i think they actually hate <laughs> each other and like yeah it really does feel like that i just overall really really love this match uh it's my favorite match on this entire card by far yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to throw shade on Thomas because Thomas did a great job. This was sub two hours, but this this would have been my main event. I would have ended with this. This is one of the best matches I've ever seen. Main event we did watch was also great. Toyota again versus uh, Toshio Yamada, who also I'd never seen before. Um, after that, it was Akira Hokotu versus Bull Nakano from December thirtieth, nineteen ninety five. Ah, they both have such cool looks. Yeah, they're both so sick. Absolutely. Um, this also felt like a match that was like out of control. There was one moment where Akira had Bull on top of the announce table and like hit a power bomb, and <laughs> yeah. as she hit the power bomb, the the table just collapsed under her and stuff, and just like she felt like it looked nasty. There were some nasty moves here. Massive, massive avalanche leg drop from Bull. Like felt like it landed right on her neck too. Um, good lord! And then she did another one, but on the outside. Yeah, this was such a, just so hard hitting. Such a killer match to follow up the the previous, like a good cooler match that like I don't know. Yeah, I I love this match. Still too. hard hitting, yeah, like very hard hitting. Bull, Bull feels like you know also like a hoss, not in the sense of Aja Kong, but like also like a yeah like a, big power, really hard hitting for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this was absolutely sick. Uh, after that, it was Chaparita Asari and Bomber Hakari. Bomber Hikari, such a sick name, yeah. versus y- Yumi so- Sugo and Harumi Yagi from Big Egg Wrestling Universe uh, from 1994. This was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a 10-hour 
event. Right, and I think this was like a six-minute match on that 10-hour <laughs> event. I was surprised can imagine, by how... Can you imagine how many AW Dark matches you could fit into 10 hours? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, well, wait a minute. There's like... So there's 22... It's like 17 matches in, in a two hour There's like 20 in, a, in... Let's say like 22 <laughs> in two hours. So... Times that by five. So that would be... 110 100 and matches. 110 matches. <laughs> This was a this was a nice like yeah like you said six minute like nicely like um, very fast paced uh, tag match you know wasn't quite as great as the other ones because didn't have the time to, to build to it but like still really sick I've never seen any of these people before had had you no yeah the next two matches actually I next like, two I matches was yeah I hadn't with seen the anyone. first few wrestlers that we watched but yeah the the um, following match too I was not familiar with. Yeah, uh, the sisters, Kyoko and Takako, versus Cutie Suzuki and Mayumi Ozaki. Yeah, hadn't heard of any of these people. I thought Cutie Suzuki was just what I called Minoru Suzuki. Um, <laughs> was, I, loved, I loved the Ino tag team, like the sisters. They were fucking sick together. Yeah. Amazing chemistry. Um, this, in this match, there's like a series of coup de grace, and Yes. I don't understand. That move always kind of like blows my mind that people can absorb that like and i've i've read online people explaining like the way he the way kind of thinking of finn balor doing this move like does it like his feet like absorb somehow absorb the basically what what you're doing slide off of it or something but these looked like they were going like down on (laughs) yeah this they were just absorbing this. Like, yeah, Finn Balor looks like he could like absolutely like break your sternum if he if he did it wrong. It's like he's pointing his toes and he's hitting you with it's the like point slide, of his toes, sliding kind of almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he hits you with the point. And he makes it look like all the momentum is at the point, of, but it's actually like on the base of his of his foot. So he's like, yeah, hitting it and then kind of falling back more or less. Interesting. Um, but um, yeah, these these yeah they did look like they were they were just hitting them. Yeah, these were two really sick. Uh, tag matches. Yeah, back to row. back. And we're gonna we'll, we'll list all of these matches in the description as well, uh, as well as the the YouTube links that Tommy set up, so you can actually watch these yourself. And then we got to see Manami Toyota again versus Toshio Yamada for the IWA title in a hair versus hair match. Um, this was yeah another just like great match that I had absolutely no idea had had happened. Um, I think we're gonna do another one of these cards. Like next week. Yeah, Tommy already booked the second super card, and I just independently would definitely want to check out more. More, I would like to just watch an event from this era. Like, not, I mean, I would watch maybe watch the ten hour <laughs> Big Egg Wrestling Universe event at some point too. But uh, yeah, just like, like I said, you can get stuff done during that time. You can get a bunch of drawings done. You're being productive. There's nothing productive I can do in ten hours of watching wrestling. One of the next days, I know I'm going to be like working from like nine a.m. to midnight on on a project. I'm going to throw it on. Um, but yeah, just it would be cool to watch just a random like a full event um, from like 1994 or like 1995, like a couple of their pay per their what their their equivalents of what pay per views would have been. Um, at the same time, I would also just like to watch more Japanese women's wrestling that's happening now. right now. Yeah. Like that last uh, match we we watched with, uh, and it was Yuka Sakazaki and somebody else at Wrestle Princess mm-hmm. was like absolutely fantastic. And I saw uh, someone sent me a a gif of um, someone getting hit with like that 
Do you know that move where they they jump up in the air and they just spin like all the way around? Oh like, yeah, uh huh. Like corkscrew kind of. Yeah, like but like two. Yeah, just like running off the ropes, double corkscrew. Um, I can't remember who it was, but it was it was against Yuka Sakazaki, and I was like, we just need to get into this. Like, we just need to start watching this. We have so many more women's matches in our like top top tens of the year and stuff. Yeah, I think if we did that absolutely, and I mean it's they've made it easier now because Wednesday night there's that show. I think it's either Wednesday, Wednesday and Friday, Wednesday and Sunday. There's like it's a one match show. Um, oh, interesting. With English commentary. Uh, oh, cool. So I think like that would be a good gateway into Wednesdays are tough for me. I got a lot going on that day. Uh, AW Dynamite, but uh, yeah, on any after other Dynamite. day. Oh, sick! All right, let's the do it. intention is to, I think, have all oh, of us I finish see. Dynamite, and then like, now it's time okay, to how watch this, this one match show. How about this? We watch Dynamite, then we watch, I, I don't know what it is, but the one match show, and then we watch uh, Big Egg Wrestling Universe. <laughs> Ten hours. And, that's gonna cut into your we, work day the next day, though. And, oh no, I think I, I usually sleep until like ten, so I think we could finish it by then. Yeah, that's true. Actually, if we started at eleven. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh yeah i don't know like i think i could watch it all the way through when i was working on like a project or something but i don't, I don't think yeah. i could just sit there even thinking of watching I... like six hours of something like is yeah pretty demanding when when i watch i'm i'm, I'm usually spent after i've watched like a new japan wrestle kingdom uh, or something like that. right and well that's what i was just only, thinking only... as i said six hours like well wrestlemania and wrestle kingdom are like five six hours um, oh my god! If 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 WrestleMania was still like five hours, I don't think I would be able to do it. The fact that they split it up into two nights is is, is definitely more tolerable. John, what are you what are you looking forward to in in wrestling? What's uh, what's the next event or the next match that you're really excited to see? I'll give you mine. <laughs> you want. Yeah, what's yours? <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were I thought you were hesitating. You can go. No, I wasn't hesitating. That's just a good question. Um, I would say the thing, like, kind of. It's weird, but like I feel like the thing I'm at, at the moment most excited about, outside of um, researching some more like Manami Toyota Aja Kong matches and more like sort of like Haas versus Super Junior matches from the '90s, women's totally. Joshi wrestling. Like, would say like GCW shows are like where my mind is at in terms of like what's going to happen next. Uh, yep. Otherwise, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say one right now, and you're going to be like, duh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this episode probably will drop before before this happens, but uh, Moxley versus Nagata. Oh, yeah. The next, I, the next Dynamite. I was about to say Moxley versus Gage uh, at GCW. Oh, so when's that happening? There's, I don't think it's been booked yet, but just right, from the booked, end, end but... of spring break. Um, that would be the thing, I think, like the match I'm most looking forward to. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, yeah, Nagata versus uh, Moxley, absolutely, dude. Um, that's gonna be sick. That's gonna be insane. Yeah, I, I would, I, w- I need to. We should watch. We probably should have made it a point to watch Strong over the last like couple weeks. Uh, like, there's the new. I'll watch anything that we make a plan for. I won't just go out of my way and watch it alone. But anything that you're like, let's sit down and watch this at this time. I'm like, okay, I'm down. Well, like the so. finals for the new Japan Strong Belt. Uh, I would have liked to see Filthy Tom Lawler win that. That would have been yeah, fun. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go back and watch that. And I think I might watch the tag preview of Moxley and Agata. 
Um, we were saying all this stuff about we couldn't see people going to New Japan from GCW, but now that I just remembered there's New Japan, like, USA, and, like, Filthy Tom Lawler is <laughs> just won the New Japan USA, maybe uh, we could see g Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he had Tai Chi's new tag partner. Lord Tai Chi and Lord G Raver. That's so funny. Who uh who would you like to see Will Osprey face next, other than obviously Kenny Omega? Someone within NJPW. They both have a lot of items that would work. <laughs> <laughs> like thinking about the amount of items they both have to get to the ring it would take forever. Like You're still talking about Tai Chi and G <laughs> yeah. Because G Raver has like, like I was like Osprey and Omega have a lot. G Raver's got the horns and the hat and like a cape. <laughs> tai Chi, Tai Chi, Tai Chi has this the his fucking, like microphone stick and his mask, the claw, uh, the bunny. There's so many different items between the both of them. Um, Super fast. Sorry, what did you ask me? Who would you like to see Will Ospreay fight next? Who do you think is his next opponent? That's, I mean, it's apparently going to be Okada because that was supposed to be who followed Shingo. But who I would, I would, and I would like to see him face Okada, obviously. But someone that I would like to see uh, butt up against um, Osprey, but I'm pretty sure he's injured right now. Is Hiromu would love for um, yeah Hiromu? Man, there's so many classic matches. Like, I mean, they've all already happened, but you know. When it happens in the main event, it's like it can go longer and it's more special. So, I don't know. I want to see Osprey fight ZSJ again, obviously. Like you said, uh, Hiromu. I was just thinking of matches we haven't seen because we've seen Okada Osprey several times. We know that's going to be great. But um, I, I really can't think of anyone. Like, to me, like, that Shingo, that was like a dream match. Like, Osprey Shingo. Yeah. Yeah, it would be like people maybe on the strong card. Like, Osprey versus Dickinson would be crazy. Um, I would love to see. Ishii or in a title match. Yeah, Ishii, and you know, like, Kenta also, I think would be an interesting matchup against Osprey. Uh, and I think also just, like, would be interesting storyline-wise since Kenta was in AEW for a little while. But yeah, ultimately, whenever they pull the trigger on Osprey versus Omega, it's going to be insane. I think that should be the, the the match probably, even though Ibushi and Omega make sense uh, storyline wise. In terms of just like the match itself, I want to see Osprey versus Omega. And that's the thing is, you can say a lot of things about Kenny Omega, like maybe he's not having the best match right now. But all of my dream matches revolve around Kenny Omega right now. It's like Osprey, Kenny Omega, Okada, Kenny Omega, Osprey Orange, Ca- or sorry, Omega Orange Cassidy, um, Omega Ibushi. Like, all of these, they all revolve around Omega because we we know that any of these people could bring out, like, an absolutely insane five-star match in him. Do you think that Kenny will hold the title long enough to fight uh, Cody for the title? Or do you think Cody's going to fight somebody else for it? Because he eventually will... No, he's... Sorry, I'm wrong. Cody's going to fight a, a face for it. Maybe. He's going to break... He's going to go heel. But that would be... If he's remaining a face, that would be an interesting way to get Cody as the champion. Like, I've been wondering, like, Tony Khan eventually... He's already at a point where he's, like, fed up with Omega and his antics. So it's like, what is he going to have to do to stop Kenny Omega? It's like, okay, Cody, you said you're not going to do this. And maybe that's the whole point. Like, it, they could have already I, written it. Like, because it's apparently been wh- written for when, a while. Yeah. That's true. Because, you know, we talk about... 
um, people who've been kind of kept in different universes. I can't think of anyone more than Kenny and Cody. No, and that would be an awesome... It, that match happened once at G1 Supercard like three nice. three or four years ago. But yeah, like now that happening and Tony Khan like being like, look, you, we need you to beat Kenny and that being the story. And if Cody loses, that's even like... I mean, I think like that adds to Kenny's story and to Cody's, you know, potential... Uh, heel turn as well like he couldn't beat Kenny and now he's angry uh, I don't know yeah that match could be on the horizon I know that the, totally. the the main sort of story they seem to be building towards obviously is Hangman versus Omega but yeah maybe I just feel like Hangman is just like he's lost so much heat since he was t- teamed with with Kenny he needs to have more matches like he had the other day who did he face the other day Brian Cage that, that was, was a sick match, yeah. One of the best Hangman matches I've seen in so long. Just, like, someone who really makes Hangman feel like the uh, the underdog, I think, are the matches he needs to have right now. So, he can, yeah, he can be that, that, that stone-cold underdog. That Moxley underdog. Dude, absolutely. You say my name? <laughs> Steve, do you, hey! Steve, do you think you could beat Kenny Omega? Hey, man, listen, I know you're just trying to juice your numbers here, get me to say things like that. I'm going to link this to Sean Ross Sapp after this. I'm not going to be your headline. <laughs> I love that your impression is refusing to speak. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd bring it back. It's really funny. Like... <laughs> What do you think of Osprey? Hey, Stone Cold versus Kenny Omega. That'd be a that'd be a money match, man. Would you rather fa- put the butt- Steve? Would you rather face Osprey or Omega? Rather face who? Will Osprey or Kenny Omega? Who the hell is Will Osprey? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a bird. <laughs> Stone Cold not gonna be fighting any bird, man. I already fought a rock. You think I'm gonna fight a bird now? I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, Osprey, he's the New Japan World Champion right now. New Japan? He doesn't know what Japan is. Steve, you faced Muda in the G1. New Japan. Hey, man. Hey, man. Stone Cold Strike a lot of bears since then, man. I can't, can't remember every, every single great Muda I've ever faced, man. <laughs> There's been a lot of great Mudas. Ah. <laughs> uh, Thanks for another great episode, John. We're look- There's a lot of wrestling we're looking forward to, and we're looking forward to seeing you on the next episode of Torture Rack. This has been another episode of the Torture Rack Podcast. You can follow my man, Mark Bask at Waste of Taste on Instagram. You can follow our show, Torture Rack, on Instagram. You can follow the great John F. Malta on Instagram, on Twitter, all those places. And that's the bottom line. Got Stone Cold Sexo. So. <laughs>